0: We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Winston Churchill. Greetings, 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 my peak performers. What's up? How are you doing today? I'm Henneke watkins Porter. Can you believe that this is in fact the 116th episode of the Entrepreneurial You Podcast? Yeah, and so I'm celebrating today because I have Paul Carrick Bronson, Paul is a mentor, he's an entrepreneur, television host, and his goal really is to help you live your best life. He's the world's most influential matchmaker, founded and exited three businesses, hosts two television shows, spent nearly a decade working directly for a billionaire, and shares his experiences by mentoring through Knowledge Share. I'm really super excited to talk with Paul about how to accelerate your entrepreneurial success with mentorship. Welcome, Paul. Long overdue interview.
1: Long overdue. <laughs>
0: I I, uh, I am honored. I'm appreciative. I'm excited and I'm ready. Absolutely. All right. So before we dive into mentorship and all of those lovely things, right, my question to you is why? In the world, do you love Jamaica so much?
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. As I'm talking to you, I'm staring at a, uh, 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 a a plaque on my wall that says "I love you from here to Jamaica." Oh, uh, so uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I appreciate the question. Um, so, my mother is is uh, from Saint Anne. She's from a, a very small town called Keith, uh, kind of bush in the bush. Uh, um, so my grandfather who was my idol is from Kingston uh, hillside Avenue uh, you know my grandparents obviously are, are from Jamaica so I, I have the heritage I'm a second generation Jamaica but uh, Jamaican but more than that I uh, you know and of course I'll be biased by saying this but I truly believe there's there's been no country in the world on a per capita basis that's had a bigger impact impact, um, on the globe than Jamaica. You know, when you look at, uh, music, you know, Jamaica has, has really dominated, you know, music. If you look at, uh, food in particular, uh, Jamaica, uh, the number of chefs coming out, the culinary arts coming out of Jamaica, you know, dominating. If you look at beauty, uh, you know, dominating, you look at sports, you know, in particular with sprinting, uh, dominating, uh, you look at the beginning of social entrepreneurship with marcus garvey i mean uh originating it you know you you go across the board and you say oh my god here's a here's a nation that has you know less than three million people that reside in it but yet you know so so literally smaller than some cities but yet everyone in the world knows jamaica and more importantly the brand of jamaica is unparalleled if if I, I travel all over the world and the moment i say jamaica a smile pops on the face of whoever i'm talking to and that doesn't happen when i say i'm american or you know or something else so uh, jamaica is a very special place and that's the reason why i love it so much
0: absolutely and the last time i checked you know we are like 0.004 percent of the world's population and yet with such great impact No. Paul, as a second generation Jamaican, give us a little, you know, the abridged version of Journey to You. So from, you know, early days to now and who you are now, just a shortened version of that.
1: Sure, sure. So I was born in uh, Jamaica, Queens. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. You're destined to be
0: Jamaican through and through, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And um, so I I was born there, kind of grew up in New York, Uh, then moved to, uh, actually moved everywhere. My father was in the military and then he became an entrepreneur himself. So I I get it, you know, get it from him. Uh, Ended up going to school in, graduate school, that is, in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown. Went to business school there. And so I ended up residing in the Washington, D.C. area and did finance for the early part of my career. I was an investment banker. Uh, I manage money for a very wealthy family. In that intro, you said I worked for uh, a, a billionaire. At the when I began working for the family, uh, uh, his name is Enver Ugel. Uh, but when I began working for him and his family, he wasn't yet a billionaire. But he he then became a billionaire, and so uh, um, I did that for a number of years. And then I, I I you know left it all. It was the best job in the world. It was a dream job. But I left it all to pursue this cr- crazy idea of becoming the real life hitch. (laughs) And, uh, and and that led me down a whole nother path of Mm -hmm. working with Oprah and television,
0: um, and,
1: um, really being able to do things that I never, never dreamed possible.
0: Absolutely. No, we're not going to dwell on that, but I just want to hear a little bit about your experience working with Oprah. What's that been like?
1: I think Oprah is one of the most authentically presented people I've ever seen, um, you know, in terms of television or, 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 or media, you know, you, you go to someone's Instagram account and you look at the pictures, you could very quickly tell that's not the life they live. You know, they're, they're, they're presenting a a representative of themselves. But with Oprah, who you see on television is really who she is. You know, the only difference is, is that when you work with, with Oprah, you, you don't call her Oprah, <laughs> you call her Mrs. Winf or Miss Winfrey. <laughs> so that's, that's how you can tell if someone's working for her. Right. But other than that, you know, she is this very, you know, caring, uh, astute, uh, person. And I would say that the number one lesson I learned from, from Miss Winfrey, um, uh, is in her ability to make you feel like you are the only, only one who matters. You know, when she talks to you, um, you know, I remember there was a, a dinner that we were at. There must have been 40 or 50 people at this dinner. And, at, at, you know, and after, the, you know, we got it from the tables, you know, she does like to drink, right? So we're all <laughs> drinking wine, drinking tequila shots and that kind of thing. You know, I had a conversation with her. My grandfather, actually from Jamaica, had just passed and she ordered a a a round of shots for for us and we're sitting there and i'm sitting there you know at this restaurant in new york uh having shots with oprah i felt like i it was just the two of us you know it could have been 50 plus people there right but i felt it was just the two of us she she has an uncanny ability to make you feel like you are the only one there and the only one who matters and i think that's something that we should all take from her she's a Uh, you know, she's a very special person.
0: Well, that's indeed a skill. Now, we're going to be talking mentorship. You defined uh, mentorship as a personal development in which a more experienced or more knowledgeable person guides a less experienced or less knowledgeable person. First, talk to us about your own experience as a mentee because you even had a a love mentor, right? So talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, you you know, it's fascinating. I I literally right before this this uh this podcast i literally 15 minutes ago was talking to a mentee of mine who is in jamaica she's jamaican and uh she was asking specifically about mentorship we were you know we were talking about um you know mentorship in 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 all aspects of life and what i was explaining is that you know there's there's lots of kind of strategies to become a mentor or, uh, or become a mentee, but it always begins with someone who's willing and open-minded enough to take criticism. And, and unfortunately we live in a world where a lot of people just don't want to do that. You know, if I said this podcast is, is way too long, you know, would you say, what are you talking about? Paul, you're crazy. I have a hundred plus episodes. Like, you know, <laughs> or would you,
0: would you say? Oh, actually
1: maybe I listened to that. Right. And by the way, I'm not saying it's too long. Of these no, I know,
0: I know, uh, <laughs> I know, I, I know. But even so, I, I listen, uh, like I've just posted, um, remember your chain of thought, I just posted something on Facebook recently. And I said, when, when I was much younger, I listened so that I could be in a position to defend myself. Now, when I listen, when I hear, I listen so that I can have empathy and just be in that person's shoe, you know? So I'm, I'm good.
1: <laughs> See, but that's it. And I think that's really where mentorship, where mentorship begins you have to first be mentee material uh, and and that's really where it begins and you're right you have to be willing to be empathetic uh, and and that takes that takes listening
0: so in terms of mentors and you know entering into that relationship how do we become that uh mentee material you know and do we even have to know the or mentor you know
1: where mentorship begins yeah, this, and this sounds so cliche and to a lot of people, corny. And it's interesting because when I talk about this in Jamaica, in particular, a lot of people are like, "Paul, you know, get off that 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 stuff." But it really becomes a matter of having a very high level of self-esteem and having a high level of self-love because that's what allows you to be able to intake, right? Because you know that you're enough, so you're already enough. So therefore, anything you get on top of that is a bonus. So that's, that's where it begins. Then after that, I think it's very, very important to identify what is your North Star in life. This is something that a lot of folks don't know. Uh, when I came down for, uh, I was recently in Jamaica at the uh, JMMB Elefate, conference. Elevate, yes. And I talked <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was phenomenal.
0: It was, um, it was. And- you rocked too.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had such a good time. And, you know, and I I mentioned, I talked a lot about having a North Star. And it's easy to kind of think, okay, what's my North Star for my career, right? What's my North Star for my business? I mean, and by the way, that's difficult for a lot of people. But I say that's easier than thinking, well, what's the North Star for my romantic life? What's my North Star for my religious life? What's my North Star for, for my physical, right? For my for my mental health, what's my North Star? And all I'm saying is, is that, what is it? Who is it that you want to actually become, right? Do you want, you know, wh- what does that look like? What does that sound like? Who is it? And the reason why it's so important to nail your North Star is because unless you have a specific destination that you're going after, you will deviate left and right, and you'll be pulled left and right, and you will be directionless, right? And you'll have a a whole lot less satisfaction in life. But when you can uh, develop your North Star and say, okay, this is the type of business person I want to be. This is the type of husband I want to be. This is the type of father I want to be. And you have, you've broken it down, you know, a father that does A, B, and C. Well, then you can go after, you could go look for people who actually resemble that person that you want to be, right? And that's the person the person who walks the talk through, you know, through their action, that's the person who you want to begin to then develop a relationship with to become your mentor. And I mean, we could talk about strategies definitely if you want to, but of course, that's we're going to really get there.
0: We are, all right. So you've um, essentially talked about the fact that we need to believe in the first step is believing that I am enough. And as simple as that sounds, Paul, I believe that is a major challenge for many people because suffering, so many people I encounter daily, they're suffering a lot of self-issues, self-hate. Uh, they're not even recognizing that they're in this um, vicious cycle that of of course they inherited from their parents and their parents from, you know, their parents as well. So how do you first then get to that point of believing that you are enough? What do you need to do? What, what is a practical um, thing that somebody listening right now, an entrepreneur can say, you know, what to get to that point because entrepreneurs struggle with all these challenges as well.
1: When I talk about this, a lot of people say, you know, don't talk about this or they, they kind of, you know, they kind of turn off their brain is because it's exactly what you said. This is hard stuff. And I, and I think that the most basic way to look at it and to manage it is to think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, I think he he, he broke it out very plainly where the very beginning it talks, you know, it's, it's about all of these these base needs. Do you have enough to eat? Do you have enough to drink? Are you sheltered? You can't begin to think about having a high level of self-esteem or self-love unless you have those basics. Right. So that's really where it begins. That's the next. That's the first level. Then it moves into what he called the safety needs. Right. Do you feel safe and secure? Now, this is very important because we're in a day and age where there's more abusive relationships happening today than there were 100 years ago. So do you actually feel safe and secure in your home and in yourself? Because if if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel secure, you can't get to that highest level, right? So that's the the, the second part is, is, is the safety. Then it moves into, well, do you feel people actually love you? Not necessarily romantic relationships, but do you feel loved by friends and maybe even coworkers, you know, socially? Do you have romantic love quite possibly. But this is very important because we're social animals. And if you can't have that, then you can't graduate to the next level, which is the actual esteem. And that is, do you feel this level of accomplishment? Do you feel a level of uh, prestige? This is very important to be able to feel like what you are doing, what you're contributing to the world means something. If you feel like you're here and it's meaningless and you're just kind of Punching into the clock every day at work. Well, then you're not going to be able to, you know, to you know, to, to, to get to that kind of that high, highest level of self-esteem. And then once you've reached that, that is where you can then move to the highest level, which you call self-actualization. But that's really where you, you could begin to truly give love, and that's where you can really begin to to move to that next level of of mentorship that we talked about. But you have to be able to walk through that hierarchy. And so I would suggest anybody listening to this who feels like you don't have, you know, a level of self-esteem is first you want to look at, do I have these base level needs, safety, food, warmth, et cetera. Do I feel like I'm in a relationship, a loving relationship? It doesn't have to be romantic, but loving relationship. And then do I feel like what I am doing is contributing to a better place, to a better world? If you, the answers to all of those are yes, well, then you're, you're ready. If the answers to any of those are no. Well, those are areas that, that you have to work on.
0: Interesting, though, because I'm thinking, as you mentioned, Paul, um, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory. I'm also thinking about in the same juncture, uh, Maslow's theory of uh, learning, the four stages of learning, where you go through unconscious incompetence, then conscious incompetence. Then you get to this, the third stage of conscious competence. And then finally unconscious competence. And perhaps persons who need to be mentored don't know that they don't know that these things are happening to them. So um, that's another cycle that we could get into, but we're going to stop it right here <laughs> in terms of this aspect of the discussion, right? Cause it could take us um the entire conversation. Now we talked about being enough. You also talked about nailing your North Star. Know that somebody, for example, listening now, in their mind they're going over, hm mm, maybe for entrepreneurship, uh Richard Branson, for example, is somebody that I want to be mentored by. Now, how do you know? Um, get to Richard Branson, for example, and do you have to physically get to Richard Branson? So, some of the things I want you to take us through right now are the strategies to nail, or you know, to have our North Star mentor us.
1: Gotcha. Okay, and this is good. This is the good tactical the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the first part is when you're identifying a mentor. I think it's very important that you make sure that it's not just someone who's accomplished the things that you want to accomplish. But as someone who shares your values, it's very, very important, ah. and I think it's very overlooked. Um, you know, so in uh, you know, I'll, I'll take for example, uh, you take someone like Jeffrey Pesos. Okay. He is the CEO of Amazon. He's someone who is, depending on what the stock price is of Amazon, he's the wealthiest human being. You know, the wealthiest person on the planet. You know, he's someone who so many people admire to be. Now, I'm an entrepreneur, but he's no mentor of mine because we don't share the same values. And the reason why I think it's very important that you identify someone who shares the same values is because your values are your rule book to life. That's like your code. Mm -hmm. Right. And if we share the same values, that means that we would do the same like we, 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 we would choose not to do certain things or do certain things based on that code. But if someone doesn't share your values, they're going to do all kinds of things to achieve their heights of life that you would never even think of doing, right? Because it's not within your moral code. So making sure that that potential mentor shares your values, very overlooked, but very, very important. So that's, that's really the next step, right? Then after you've confirmed all that, And by the way, you'll never be able to have 100 percent confirmation. Does this particular person, you know, share share every bit of value? You you want to have 100 percent confirmation if you're using social media um, or or books or going to presentations of theirs to kind of ascertain who they are. But you'll be able to glean enough to know, Okay, do you know, for example, one of my values is uh, is is I'm a Christian. Right, one of my values is family. Yay! You know? So yes. I, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So go Jesus. I, so I could very quick. <laughs> Jesus is Jesus is more important than than Joeloff, as I say to every West African that I know. Uh, but um, <laughs> you know, it's like every, um, every every, but I could you could go to somebody's you know Instagram account and, and tell that real quick. You know, so. That, that's, where, that's where it begins. Then, after you've identified all, all that, you're like, okay, this is the person who walks the walk, they've got the North Star, they share the same values, right? Then, I think there's two paths you can take, and you could do them simultaneously. One is that we live in a day and age where people are producing so much content that you could probably identify anybody in the world And that person has a digital footprint, right? They have blog posts that they've written. They have, you know, LinkedIn posts that they've written, medium posts that they've written, articles that they've written, books that they've written. They've spoke at various universities and there's videotape. There's footage of that, right? So where it begins, one path is to consume everything humanly possible on that person, right? Everything. And I've done that for many people. People like Reginald Lewis, people like Marcus Garvey, uh, people like um, uh, uh, people like uh, who I think should be our next president of the United States. People like Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I yes. have really talked online, you know, and you could do that and you can glean a lot from them. So they could become a digital mentor for you. You never have to meet them and they will impart wisdom on you that you'll be able to use in your life. So that's one route. The other route is if you want to physically connect with the person. And what I believe you could do, and I've done this successfully myself, is you identify the person and then you figure out after you've stalked them right online, you figure out how can you add value to that person? Now, adding value is a term that so many people use right now. We don't even know what it means anymore, right? But the way I look at adding value is helping someone get closer to their goal. So if, if you're looking at whoever's account, you know, you name them, right? You're looking at Michael Lee Chin, you know, um, whoever's account it may be. You could say, OK, what can I do to help this person get closer to their goals? So that means I have to figure out, well, what are their goals? Right. What are they trying to do? Oh, here's what, you know, Michael Lee Chin might be trying to do with this particular bank or here's what he's trying to do um, with, uh, you know, in the Blue Mountains with regard to his his coffee facilities or here's. What he's doing with regard to the hotel front, or it looks like he is getting ready to launch a new product, and so therefore, he probably wants publicity for that. He probably wants to, you know, a platform like to be on a podcast or to be, uh, you know, in a magazine, right? What you identify those goals, and you have to be astute enough and, and really a stalker enough to know what those goals are to be able to just discern those goals, and then. You come up with ideas on how you can actually add the value, how you can get them closer to their goals. And I didn't just arbitrarily pull up Michael Lee Chin. I sent him specifically because I did the same thing with Michael Lee Chin, where I reached out and one of the shows I host is Our World for Black Enterprise. And, uh, uh, and I, I reached out to someone on his team and I said, you know, I, 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 you know we have a conference I have an opportunity to interview someone live at this conference. I would love to interview Michael Lee Chin. Here's the reason why, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, he accepted, right? And it was an opportunity to meet him. And I spent time having a one-on-one lunch with him before the actual event and did the event and was, so the point there is that if you can identify, so I guess the larger point is everyone has goals. You could be a billionaire. You still have goals, and if you, as the potential mentee, can identify here's how I can help that person get closer to their goals, you are a value add. Now, after you've identified the values and you and, and you and you and you, I'm sorry, the um um ways that you can add value, then what you have to do is then you have to over and over and over and over again add value. It's not just a one-time hit, right? So, for example, with Michael Lee Chin, yeah, I invited him out to this big conference in Atlanta. You know, I interviewed him. It was a great interview. It was great for you know adding for, for him reaching the goals that he wanted to reach. But did I stop there? No. The next year, I was executive producing a television show, and they wanted to take they wanted to shoot the series in an island. So, of course, Jamaica is my favorite place. So I said, but. Let's not just go to Jamaica. Let's go specifically to what hotel? To Trident, to his hotel. And and I've found, too, with mentors, with potential mentors, here's the thing. Especially if it comes to business, people will love you when you you put money in their pocket. When you put money in their pocket, they will love you a much different way than if you're not putting money in their pocket. Right? Even if you are a business. So you want to continue to add value over and over and over and over and over again. And then after adding value over and over and over again, this may take you years, right? This may take you four, five, six, seven years. Then what's going to happen is what Cheryl Sandberg said or what she wrote in her prolific book, Lean In, right? Cheryl Sandberg, CEO of Facebook, in her book, Lean In, she wrote, You shouldn't ask anyone to be a mentor. If you ask someone to become, to be your mentor, it's too late. Instead, you should just acknowledge this person, wow, is my mentor. And what I mean by that is, if you have interaction after interaction after interaction after interaction, right? I'm meeting with Michael Lee Chin, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, 10 times. On the 11th time, I don't have to look to him and say, can you be my mentor? mentor? (laughs) He's already a mentor. It just is. It just is. (laughs) Absolutely, You know, and and that's what's happened to all of the mentors in my life. I've never said, could you please be right? It's too late. Instead, it is. Let me figure out. I'm going to add as much value as humanly possible. And I'm going to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And I'm going to not only keep doing it over and over again, I'm going to do it From a very selfless standpoint. What I mean by that is, sure, I would love for there to be a mentoring uh, opportunity, but I realize the odds are there won't be. And that's the toughest part, right? To know that you may invest six, seven years, right? Investing in this particular person and the yield isn't the mentoring that you were, you know, that you were anticipating. But what I say is that there's no waste time if you're always, you know, looking for the lesson. Right. And so a long story short, securing a mentor, I think, can happen in one of two ways. You can go the digital route. Right. And just consume everything you can from that person digitally. Or you can go the other route, the physical route, which is going to take a lot more more time and energy to invest. but, But the yield is also much larger
0: look for somebody with or sh- with shared values because that's important consume their content and you can do that as you're alluding and said that you know digital platform is digital content is just so much out there there is no shortage of that so you consume the content and keep adding value over and over again until you automatically, you know, you don't have to even ask. You become that person's mentee, you know, and it's, it's, it takes a while. And so sometimes we want things to happen immediately. We want to see the results, you know, immediately, but it doesn't happen like that. And entrepreneurs know that a 10, uh, what, you know, overnight success is usually 10 years in the making. And so it's very important that we be very patient in the process. At this time, Paul, I'm going to ask you, I mean, time has been spent. Can you imagine? We're going to ask you to share your final thoughts with us regarding mentorship to so the entrepreneurs that are listening right now and contemplating, you know, my next move, their next move. Let's talk about, you know, your final thoughts, as well as share your content details with our community. I
1: can't even believe that our time went by this quick. Can I tell you? <laughs> like, I In short, then I'd say, um, you know, I think a lot of us look at mentorship as we're looking up, right? It's like, how can I find someone who's kind of been there, done that, you know, much more experienced than me, but mentorship doesn't always have to take that form. Right. And what I I like to say, and it's funny, I just posted this, uh, maybe two or three days ago is someone had asked me what's the secret to success. And they said, Paul, I'm sure you're going to say mentorship. And I said, it's actually not mentorship. I think it's, surrounding yourself with the right people. And for me, you know, the right people have always been four types of people. It's been one, people who are just relentless workers, right? So you don't have to know more than me, but I want you to be able to work your ass off, right? Because if you're passionate about what you're doing and you're committed, that actually inspires me to grind even harder, so relentless workers. Number two are optimists, and I like optimists because at the end of the day, it's very important to be able to problem solve if you want to be a successful entrepreneur and an optimist is someone who's always looking for solutions. So I like to be around optimists. Third are people who are just very inquisitive. And the reason why is because like you either, you know, question everything or you learn nothing in life. And so people who are inquisitive help me to become you know, more inquisitive. And then last but not least, dreamers. You know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that's my favorite movie of all time. And I like to be around people who make my, you know, dreams, you know, pale in comparison. And so if you're so 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 what I'm saying is, is that I get mentorship through the dreamers, the inquisitives, the you know, the optimists, the the, rel- the relentless workers. Just make sure if you're listening to this and your goal is to level up in your career, make sure you are surrounding yourself with the right people and you are disconnecting yourself from the wrong people. In terms of my contact information, I'm at Paul C Brunson, B-R-U-N S-O-N on every platform, but snap.
0: All right, Paul C. Bronson, what a time we've had. And it has come to an end. I just want to say thank you so much. I value every moment of your time. Again, it's been a year in coming, but here we are and nothing happens before the time, I believe. So I appreciate it. I you know, you've added so much value to our community right now. And I just want to say a big, big thank you.
1: I appreciate you. And can I say can I say one thing? Sure. About, about what, what I think makes you stand out. Is that you are consistently persistent? I really want to like shout this out and, and tell everyone this is a characteristic that we all have to embody. Think of when people send emails. People will send an email and say, oh my God, this person didn't respond back to me, you know, in a day or two, and then they'll just give up, right? Or this, you know, we, we are so quick to give up now. This interview, this is a year, a year, <laughs> right? You've been consistently and persistent. And in order to make it happen, this is the reason why you're persistent. You didn't just send an email. You, you, you went, eventually, you went through a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> of <right>? course. <laughs> big, big up, David, right? And and my point, though, is that that is grit. And that's the reason why you're successful, is because you have grit. And so uh, so I applaud, applaud you for that.
0: And I thank you for for acknowledging that, Paul. And thank you for being you as well. You know, I see you being real on social media and I love it. Alright, thank you so much, my Peak Performers, for tuning in to this episode with Paul Carrick Bronson. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until next time, visit com and see which of my programs will serve you best. As your inspirational leader, I have several resources, as you know, that can leverage that you can leverage to level up. So today I'm encouraging you to check out my online podcast course. Or sign up for a live upcoming workshop. Again, visit henikowakisport.com and you will find value to help you on your leadership and entrepreneurial journey. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good? We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experience transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Tees, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange.